This morning, <clears throat> this morning, I'd like to really pick up one of the themes from last night with regard to just beginning our retreat, what it means to enter into this, and just to reflect a little on some of the particularities of the, the form and the situation as a solitary retreat. And also speak for a little while with regard to establishing ourselves in practice here. I think really the most important thing at the beginning, or certainly one of the most important areas to turn our attention to, is what our intention is for this time. Both the immediacy of right now and equally the period of this retreat to to connect with our aspiration as we spoke about last night to really allow that to be alive to be vital in our sense of entering into a retreat in our sense of entering into a sitting in our sense of entering into each moment so far as we're able to remember to connect with what it is that most deeply moves us. That will serve us and serve the practice immensely. And so just, again, perhaps bringing to mind or reflecting for a moment on that sense of what it is that for you is your aspiration here. Just taking a moment, if maybe you did that already last night, but just letting yourself sense or feel into it. It may not be something that's (coughs) formed in particular language. It may be more something that's felt, that's sensed, or that even just the asking of the question invites a certain certain turning towards, turning inward, and connecting or reconnecting with that place from which we are moved to practice. And we might sense or recognise that as the Aspiration to awaken the heart and the mind for the welfare of all beings and ourselves. We might recognize it as the wish to address places of difficulty or struggle in our lives or in our practice. We might recognize it as something not so specific and yet that we feel speaks to us of what is of importance, what is of value. What is most meaningful? And allowing ourselves to be in touch with that. We can then begin to turn our attention to what we're actually going to be engaging in, what we're going to be developing, cultivating, exploring here. And again, there may be some sense of a particular intention you have around a practice. Useful just to notice if that's so. It may be that there's the intention to develop and to explore primarily the path of calm, of tranquility, of samatha, the quieting and unifying of heart and mind and body, and really seeing what's possible for us in that dimension of experience. To maybe that what we're clearly drawn to and intend to embark upon is primarily the cultivation of kindness, compassion, 
development of, of metta and karuna, those beautiful heart qualities. Or it may be that what we're really here for is insight, for understanding, for wisdom. Panya in the, the Pali. And all of these qualities, all of these potentialities that we can discover, develop, deepen in ourselves, in our hearts and minds, are all having essentially their basis or their foundation in our capacity to be present, to be mindful, to abide consciously in our experience. This quality of sati, mindfulness, remembering. Now, for many, practice is simply just, or the motivation, the intention, not so much the motivation, the intention specifically is really, oh, I just want to turn up and see what happens. Uh, It's really fine that we come with a sense of, I'll sit, I'll walk, I'll be present and see what unfolds and see where that takes us. That's really fine. There's no need to have decided that one should be doing something else or something other than that. And yet it can be useful in the first day or two or three of a retreat in this context as a solitary retreat to check in with yourself on that and also perhaps to check in with one of the teachers, with one of us and just reflect on that or establish a sense of clarity for yourself so that you know, so that you're clear where you are with this. And if there's some particular focus or direction or exploration that calls you, that draws you, then there's the possibility to get some specific guidance with regard to that. We'll be giving kind of general instructions woven into the teachings over these days, in particular the first um, several days of the retreat. But for the most part, the instruction will come through the interviews. And so in terms of specific meditation instruction, it will come through the interviews and through those meetings. So to have a sense then, as we, as we arrive, that there's a, there's a clarity, there's an intentionality. This is not a random or an accidental way of engaging with our life. Although what happens might sometimes seem rather random or accidental. Certainly not always in our control. But the way we bring ourselves to it, that intentionality is really what enables us to transform our life to transform our world. (coughs) With that, with cultivating calm, kindness, insight, mindfulness, all of the above, or just whatever comes, with that, having a sense and really, again, being in contact with a sense of the preciousness and the the potency of doing this. How beautiful, how noble it is to undertake, to bring forth the immensity of what is possible for a human heart and mind, to bring it into our life, to bring it into this world. There's a nobility in this undertaking, in this endeavour, that is rare and that is precious. And so really honouring the beginning 
of this journey, honouring your entry into this journey. And doing so without making demands upon yourself as to some kind of performance-related goals that one can easily somehow place upon ourselves or our experience of I have to get to here or I have to achieve this. There's a difference between having a sense of aspiration and possibility that's wide open and that doesn't sort of settle for just sort of some minor shift in our life but really does look towards the fullness of awakening, the the fullness of of loving-kindness, of compassion, of wisdom, of freedom. And senses and recognises and honours this as, as our birthright, as potential for us all. And with regard to this, I know the Buddha once said, and I think it's really so inspiring, this in, in terms of speaking about the practice as what we see when we turn attention to our life, so much the habits and the patterns and the tendencies that don't serve us, that lead into entanglement, to suffering, to conflict, to pain. And as we start to see and recognize that, and of course we wouldn't really be here if we weren't already seeing and recognizing that, but as we practice we see it more, and the more we practice the clearer it becomes how strong, how powerful those forces are, the forces of craving and greed, of anger and hatred, of confusion and delusion. Seeing those, seeing those forces, we start to recognize also the possibility of releasing ourselves from them, liberating heart and mind. And I'd just like to read this injunction from the Buddha. He says, Abandon what is unskillful. One can abandon the unskillful. If it were not possible, I would not ask you to do it. If abandoning the unskillful would bring harm and suffering, I would not ask you to abandon it. But it brings happiness and benefit. And therefore I say, abandon what is unskillful. Seeing there's no moral tone being taken here. It's not about something that's good or bad, that you're good or bad if you do or don't do this. It's like this is what leads onwards to happiness and benefit. He goes on to say, cultivate the good. One can cultivate the good. And again, in this, it's not a moral good. If it were not possible, I would not ask you to do it. If this cultivation were to bring harm and suffering, I would not ask you to do it. But this cultivation brings benefit and happiness. And so I say, cultivate the good, the wholesome. That sense of invitation and affirmation I find really beautiful and important. That sense of you can, you know, do this, you can do this. And the doing of this is for the benefit and happiness of your life and, of course, ultimately of all of life. So having that sense of possibility, of directionality with clear intention and yet not somehow setting a marker in front of ourselves of I have to get there and once I get there I can rest or if I don't get there I'll have failed. Because that's what happens when we try and set up goals that we fix and locate somehow or define for ourselves. 
we get into the position of either striving to get towards them, efforting too much and perhaps being frustrated if we can't get there, or we find we've arrived, then it's kind of like, well, what else to do? That sense of direction is like having a compass that says, yes, we're going north. This is the direction towards freedom, towards wholesomeness. And then we're going to travel so far as we can in that direction without setting any limit upon it. Without setting any limit upon it. The Buddha spoke of how the the possibilities of collecting and focusing and concentrating, deepening the mind are, are limitless, are boundless, unfathomable by the mind. Always can be taken more and further and deeper. He spoke about the mind of the awakened one as incomprehensible, as unable to be encapsulated in language and words. And so to see whenever we make a sort of a place where we think we're going to, we're somehow limiting that possibility. We don't need to do that. Just that sense of orientation, that sense of direction. And I I kind of, when I speak of it and feel into the sense of it, it, it feels like in the quality of uprightness of sitting and there's that sort of intentionality to to practice and in that quality of uprightness it's almost as if the sense of the chest and the heart there is kind of lifting up and leading forward and saying yes we can move in this direction it's almost energetically that sense of when the Buddha speaks of the Dharma as leading onwards leading onwards from suffering and confusion to, to freedom, to peace and so it does and with this to travel lightly, to see how journeying is an art. Journeying is an art. That we begin imagining we need to carry everything with us for all occasions. And over time we start to see that what we carry slows us down, weighs us down, and ultimately, in the end, does not serve us. So travelling light One aspect of that is not having too many expectations. Being really open to see what happens and to trust that. To trust. Not to make demands on this retreat or yourself, but to be really interested. Really committed and wholehearted, but interested to see what comes and where life takes you in this form, in these days. And going with that, that sense of travelling light, I think a real quality of patience too. To be patient with our heart. To be patient with our mind. To be patient with our body. That sometimes can be uncomfortable or reactive or struggle with the situation. A patience in a sense of really allowing. Trusting that where we are, wherever we find ourselves to be, has its validity, has its potentiality and has its suchness. We're here not by random accident. And how we meet, wherever we find ourselves to be, will determine the benefit and the value we can derive from it. So beginning in establishing ourselves in the retreat, in the practice of meditation, right here and now, being perhaps already established in our lives and coming from whatever circumstances you come from. 
can be very helpful, really supportive too. To sense directly and connect as deeply as we're able to with the simple physicality of our experience. Making that inner journey from the the mentality and the conceptually dominated experience that can so often become what our life is or appears to be. Making that journey from that world of language and concepts and ideas that are so bound up in judgment, in comparison, that are so entranced by past and future. And coming into contact with the direct, the immediate, the actual experience of life right here and now. And what is revealed of that in and through the body, in and through the breathing as a foundation for what it means to be conscious, to be present, to be awake, to be mindful, and ultimately to be alive. This is a a profoundly beneficial resource and support. And in different ways is very much a foundation for all the forms of process, all the forms of process or practice we might engage with during our retreat. And so noticing just now what it's like to let your attention sink into, settle into, and rest within this experience of body breathing. The simple sense of knowing that you're here right now through the fact of that experience being revealed in the present moment. The sense of what it's like as the breath is drawn into the body and released. That rhythmic flow of gentle vibration, sensation, movement that we may feel within the very passages of the nostrils, throat and lungs, within the body regions of the abdomen and the chest, that we may feel within the entirety of our physical structure as an energetic pulse or rhythm in which each in-breath draws the vitality of life, energizing nourishing, uplifting our very existence. And each out-breath is a releasing, a relaxing, a letting go, an allowing of things to drop away, just naturally, organically as they do, and yet not departing from here in that dropping away, finding that as we relax into this experience we become more able to be conscious, to be present. And feeling that rhythm, that flow. Likewise, noticing the body in which that flow takes place. Feeling its solidity, firmness or hardness how we contact that which we sit upon, the floor, the chair, the cushion, the bench, 
sense of sitting on the earth, the quality of uprightness is based on that sense of contact with something solid, substantial. Feeling that sense of being grounded, being earthed. And then the uprightness of the body rising up from that with a sense of intentionality, of bright openness and interest. And around that we can relax. Noticing those places in the body where there may be tension or tightness, hardness or contraction, and just making space for them, allowing them to be there. And seeing that as we do so, we don't need to be in a struggle with our body. We don't need to battle against it. Yes, sometimes it aches. Sometimes it feels restless or weary. And yet, just experiencing it as the body as it is. Experiencing the breath as it is. And we immediately can start to sense, perhaps, that qualitative dropping, settling, deepening, perhaps even in just small ways. As we, as we connect, as we touch into and begin to sense the simplicity and the immediacy of just this, right now, right here. And if in your practice you haven't established some other intention at this point for some other form, just beginning with this practice of breathing, mindfully, consciously, present with and in the body experience, that we so often conceptualize or think about, but that we can enter directly to feel in its sensory expression and manifestation, its revealing of the energy of our life moving, flowing, changing from one thing to the next, from in-breath to the out-breath, from warm to cool or cool to warm. Warm in some places, cool in others. And likewise the breath. Just noticing how it is. What it's like. It may be long or short. Maybe rough or smooth. Maybe deep or shallow. Just how it is. Attuning your attention to this. Resting your attention in this. (coughs) 
and being very aware of the possibility, perhaps the frequency of being distracted, getting disconnected, losing touch with this sense of being conscious and present right here and now. Being clear in our intention to reconnect, to begin again and again and again. There's a grace in this moment that invites us, that invites us and offers us the opportunity to again touch deeply into what is right here, no matter where we've been lost or for how long, or in what skillful or unskillful reactivity or thought patterns we may be finding ourselves. When we realize where we are, we're already here again. And just beginning, keeping it that simple. Breath by breath, moment by moment. Abiding, right here and now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.